Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, December 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is hoping a nice road trip will help the Flyers figure some stuff out. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. This episode is brought to you by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. On today's show, we are going to get caught up on the latest Flyers news and check in on our first of the back-to-back out west against Las Vegas. Then we're going to have a conversation with Carl Pavlock from Five for Howling and Locked on Coyotes and uh, get, get some skinny on Rick Tockett as a coach, which should be real interesting. Then we will wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network. All right, so just a little bit of Flyers news because they did not practice yesterday. I think that was mostly because of the travel related to the West Coast trip and having to have a certain amount of time buffer. But it's kind of unfortunate, given how everything is going, it would have been nice to see if they were going to try some different things out, different combinations, or what specifically they would have worked on in a practice. And that's two days this week that Mike Yo has not had an opportunity to practice with this team. And, you know, we heard him after the game on Wednesday against the Devils that there's a lot going wrong here and especially how it relates to confidence and execution and they can work on the execution side in practice but unfortunately he just really hasn't had a lot of opportunity yet and it's no excuse because you know it's time for these players to to figure some stuff out and they still seem lost but I do wish that they would have had some extra time in practice like I said to work on all of these things that are going wrong. So as far as the personnel for this trip, you know, the Flyers have been really lucky in the sense that they haven't done a ton of huge road trips where they've been able to manage the cap space by having only the exact number of players that they need on the roster. And they've been shuffling people back and forth like Nick Sealer and Max Wellman and whatnot to Lehigh Valley just to bank cap space. But with a trip like this, you need an extra forward and an extra defenseman. So we saw that they picked up Kevin Connaughton on waivers earlier this week, and he did not slot in in the game against the Devils, but they are bringing him along on this road trip. Who knows, we might see him on that third pairing with Keith Yandel. I think it's worth a shot, especially against Vegas, to be honest. I think he might be a good option there just to get some additional defensive smarts on that third pairing. I think Connaughton might might be the better option there. 
And then on the forward side of things, they officially put Joel Farabee on injured reserve. So they decided to call up Jackson Cates for this road trip as the extra forward as opposed to Max Wellman. Honestly, at this point, I think they're interchangeable, but I I do think Jackson Cates maybe has a little bit more flexibility with what he can do on the on the bottom line, but it's probably apples to apples at at this point with how how that's looking. Um, we'll see if they decide to move Derek Broussard up in the lineup since he's gotten a game under his belt, but I I tend to doubt it at this point. But with this team, who knows? Anything could happen. Uh, We do have the back-to-back, like I said. So starting tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm not going to say it's an impossible situation for the Flyers because, of course, in the NHL, anything is possible. But Vegas is on a three-game winning streak. They just ended the Stars winning streak that they had had going. They got a 5-4 to four win where they scored three goals in the third period in a really great comeback game. Um, Vegas is fourth in the Pacific. We know they have plenty of offensive firepower, and this team had actually had a lot of issues this season with staying healthy. They ran into some COVID issues earlier in the season and then some injuries, and they're just getting almost everybody back now. So they're even more dangerous than they have been. Uh, Mark Stone had been out and William Carlson had been out as well. And both of those guys are back. So their top six is at like full fire power now. And so that top line that has Stone and Max Pacioretty and then that second line with Jonathan Marchessault and William Carlson um, is is pretty potent. So I think it's going to take a lot of hard work from the Flyers defense as well as, you know, those top centers trying to clog up the neutral zone, but those guys are fast and it's, I honestly think the Flyers are outmatched here. But another interesting element of this is that Nick Roy had been up on the second line covering for William Carlson. But now that Carlson's back in, Roy is slotted in on that third line for Vegas, which again makes that third line even more dangerous. So they have really solid depth scoring right now, as well as, like I said, a completely healthy top six right now and so it it is a tough uphill battle I think for the Flyers to to be successful against Vegas in this instance but again Vegas hasn't been great this season they've been solid but they're on an upswing right now and I just uh, I just don't see it for the Flyers which is really unfortunate but you know I think it is what it is is the motto of the team this year and I think with nothing to lose who knows what could happen I will say that uh, Nolan Patrick is still out at this point he had skated a couple of days ago in a non-contact jersey so he's almost ready but not quite there yet I don't think we'll see him in tonight's game, which is, you know, it's kind of sad. Would have been nice to to see him out there on the ice. But he and Jack Eichel 
are the only two Vegas Golden Knights that are still out with injury. And it's almost like you forget that Eichel is even there since he's still recovering from that surgery. But man, when he gets back in, Vegas is going to, I think, just take that extra step forward. And uh, yeah, so that's the the first game of the back-to-back. The second game against Arizona, we'll see our old friend Shane Gostas bear there, which will be nice. But you know, I think that one is definitely more winnable. And I'm so excited that we're going to get to talk to our friend Carl about what the Coyotes have been up to. There's been some upheaval and, you know, get some more intel on the rest of the team besides Gostas Bear. And then, you know, just talk about Rick Tockett because he's been in the conversation uh, for the Flyers head coaching position. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. And that's Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in chocolate. But it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Built Bar is delicious and healthy. And they have so many flavors you will have a hard time choosing. Are you going to have the raspberry or the mint brownie? The cherry or the double chocolate? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those small doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Built Bar can give you that something extra to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And if you want to cozy up with something warm, here's a really cool holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a cup of hot chocolate. Let it melt a little and that'll give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor and you'll have a melty Built Bar to go with it. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They are light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. And they have so many different flavors, all covered in chocolate. You won't believe they're filled with protein too. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Plus, it's holiday gifting time and Stance is the coolest gift you can give. I cannot tell you how incredibly comfortable and well-made the socks, shirts, joggers, and hoodies are. And Stance is miles above boring old socks, underwear, and all the other stuff you'd always have to settle for back in the day. Stance changed that mindset by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no other. Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. They've even got cool collabs that I love like Star Wars and Marvel Socks. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that if you feel good, you do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. I am so happy to welcome to Locked On Flyers, Carl Pavlock, and he is from the Five for Howling site, as well as the co-host of Locked On Coyotes. Welcome, Carl. Hi. Happy to be here. So just to get 
the elephant in the room out of the way, things are a little bit crazy in Coyote's land right now. What with the tax bill situation? Can you enlighten us and what's going on with that? What's the latest? I should probably just start at the beginning because it's such a crazy story. Uh, it was reported that the city of Glendale, where the Arizona Coyotes play, had been had had their business license suspended pending a 10-day review period or something along those lines due to back taxes. Uh, they owed the state of Arizona and the city of Glendale $1.3 million in back taxes. Uh, specifically, they owed the city of Glendale $250,000. Uh, Glendale got angry at that and uh, basically publicly served them along with a press release. The Coyotes have since paid the tax bill uh, and some other back charges that were owed. The city of Glendale has responded that, hey, they still owe a couple of other things. So right now, the city and the team are debating over some fees that are owed before the Coyotes prepare to move to Tempe in the next couple of years. We're basically living in a messy divorce. Sounds like it. So do you think any of this drama with Glendale is going to affect these future plans for a new home in Tempe? Uh, Honestly, no, um, because I think everyone is aware that we're dealing with like basically a messy divorce situation. Uh, Like I said before, the majority of the tax bill that was owed was to the state, not the city. So like it's weird that they're kind of being the ones who are very upset about this but the city is also like hey we've kicked you out we know you're preparing for the new arena uh we want to end this relationship uh i think everyone's kind of aware of that situation but you never know like and that's one of the reasons why it's very frustrating for for people like me because it's like you know that they're looking for any excuse to badmouth you why risk like messing with a deal with another city in the state because I don't know how Tempe is going to relax. I don't know too much about their city council. They may be very strict about this kind of stuff or they could be super chill. Who knows? Well, I certainly hope it all works out because it's always troubling to me when it it just feels like the vultures are circling and, and, you know, rumors get started about where is this team moving to and, and all of this stuff. And it's just like disheartening for fans. So I, I, for one, hope they stay in Arizona and find some stability in Tempe. Yeah. Personally, I'm dead inside. So I've been dealing with this for (laughs) over a decade. I'm numb to all of it. Uh, I have sat in court cases between three previous owners ago and a political action committee uh so all of this is just kind of funny to me at this point but for a lot of other people who i don't think are as dead inside they're just like i'm tired of dealing with this and i think that's that's the thing that really frustrates me like the team knows this is the situation just just make sure glendale doesn't have a reason to go to the press and, uh, and I do also want to say, uh, also pay your taxes, just in general. Um, I said it on our, our podcast, but yeah, if, if you're a billionaire like uh, Alex Morello is, you should just pay his taxes. That's the end of the deal day for that. Seems like a wise move. So yeah. talking about the team on the ice, uh, 
Obviously, looking at the Coyotes offseason this past year of just like taking on contracts, stockpiling picks, in terms of the on ice product, expectations weren't really that high to begin with. So like, how is the team managing that and managing expectations? I will be honest, we all went into this season knowing the team is going to be bad. Like the guys uh, on the team, I'm sure they knew. Fans all knew. Media all knew. Uh, And this is kind of about what we expected. Uh, The start was really horrible, but it sometimes felt like it was bad puck luck. Uh, I, I know the Coyotes are bad, but I don't think they're one of the worst teams in the history of the NHL. Like a lot of people were speculating uh, when they were on their 11-game losing streak to open up the season. Uh, but but they're bad. They occasionally have good nights, though. Uh, so there's there's something there, but they're not putting it together like anywhere near consistently enough. Have there been any bright spots in there? A lot of what we're watching right now is for kind of prospect development. Um, I will say that... Seeing Barrett Hayton finally come in and play um, NHL hockey has been nice. He hasn't had quite the impact that we would have expected, but teams also have been dealing with some injuries on top of being like poorly staffed. I really liked seeing him play. Uh, Clayton Keller, I think, is having his best season. He is showing a willingness to go to the front of the net and make the hard play that we didn't see like the past couple of years. He's really developed well. Um, and Carol Vlamelka was just a very crazy surprise signing. Uh, he was in like the Czech lower league, if I recall, and the team brought him in. I think he was expected to be the Roadrunners backup goalie, but he has looked surprisingly good. He's young, so he could potentially be in here long term for the rebuild. That's always a, a good sign when you have a, a goaltender have some success that you weren't expecting. Because, yeah. you know, finding quality goaltenders, especially in the backup role, can be a challenge. Absolutely. And I, I, like, honestly have no clue, like, how he was spotted. But he's become, like, definitely the, the story. Uh, also, just, like, kind of a feel-good story. Scott Wedgwood was here a couple seasons back. He was reacquired off of waivers. And he's been playing pretty well. Uh, so it's just been kind of a fun feel-good story. When your team is horrible and all of your off-ice news is terrible, you look for a lot of bright spots. Yes. Of course, you know, playing the Coyotes for Flyers fans, like, we all want to know, how is our good friend Shane Gostis Bear doing out there? Uh, He's been phenomenal, like, really good. Uh, He's my favorite player to watch on the ice right now. Um, It's it's an interesting situation um, because Jacob Chikrin, who was kind of thought to be our star defenseman going into the season, mm-hmm. he's having a little bit of trouble adjusting to the number one spot, which he, he wasn't previously. Oliver Ekman Larson was uh, Chikrin's young and he's dealing with like the top competition. So he's having some struggles, but like on like, while that's happening, Goss Bear has just been lighting it up. Uh, he is tied with Clayton Keller, uh, leading the team in points with 17, He's leading the team with 13 assists. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the highlight um, from this past week where he just put the puck between the uh, the defender's legs, 
picked up his own pass, fired at home. Just a beautiful goal. Oh, I did see that. That was, uh, yeah, that was really great. I'm so happy he's doing well out there. I think that it's so weird to think of him as sort of a more like mentor kind of player. But yeah. I think it's really good for Chikrin to have a guy like Ghost around who's sort of been through the ringer and yeah. can kind of help him out just from a confidence perspective, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it was crazy. Like, when the team went full sell mode, uh, like, they traded our captain, our leading goal scorer, both of our goaltenders, like, every player that you would love as the Coyote fan were traded, except for Clayton Keller and Jacob Chikrin. And, like, the one bright spot I had, other than the draft picks, because those were really fun, um, was I'm like, Gostasberry seems like he's going to have an up season. He's probably a little bit overpaid, but he's an actual NHL defenseman. Unlike, uh, and I don't want to be too mean to him, like, Roussel, Beagle, Erickson, they're kind of on the way out of their career. The Gostasberry acquisition, just a completely different vibe. And it was, like, the one thing I was happy about going into this season. Uh, I think we all miss his dogs too. They're they're really cute. <laughs> I haven't seen too much Gosses Bear dog content. We need to get more of that. You do, you do. French bulldogs are are the best. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. All right. So is there anybody else that we should be keeping an eye out for? Phil Castle has been playing pretty okay lately. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun to watch him uh, as he's looking to continue his Ironman streak. Uh, Lawson Kraus uh, has been having kind of a, a nice revival season, but but not too much. A lot of the stories that we have are kind of smaller stories about hey, Labushkin's transitioning to a shutdown defenseman well. Like, uh, uh, it's, it's not too big outside of the Coyotes fandom, I guess. All right. Well, hopefully it'll be a good game and maybe the Flyers will end a losing streak on this one. <laughs> if, if you're facing the Coyotes, I'm just going to be honest, you, you got a pretty good chance to win in the game. That is the, the plan. Also in the plan for the Flyers right now is potentially hiring a new head coach. Uh, Mike Yo is, is in there, as you know, um, as a acting head coach at the moment. Um, but the name that circulates around a lot right now is Rick Tockett, given his history with the Flyers. 
Uh, and, you know, the fact that he's on TV right now, he doesn't have an active coaching job. Uh, he, on TV, kind of egged on those rumors uh, by showing up late to set mid-segment on TNT Wednesday night. Um, I did not hear about that. That is yes. hilarious. Yeah, he was apparently on the phone and all the other people on the panel were like, oh, are you talking to Chuck Fletcher? And he just kind of, you know, wink and a nod kind of thing. But um, Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so I, I personally am not sure he's the best fit for the Flyers as a coach, even though we love him as a player. But I did want to get some more information from you since the Coyotes was his last head coaching job. And so, first off, what do you think he was best at behind the bench? I thought that he had a really good system. And when the team was able to play that system, they looked really good. Um, And I felt like he did a good job picking, like, kind of, like, the right moments to implement that. it's it's tough. I, I will always say, like, the talk at time behind the bench was a mixed bag for the Coyotes. Uh, and I'm not necessarily used to looking at the bright spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the concern, I, I think, from the Flyers side of things is right now, you know, the team has a, a lack of cohesiveness and confidence. And so the coach really has to be both a systems person and have a good idea of what to do with the personnel that he has, but also be a really good motivator and and rebuild some confidence. And so that's where I see like the divide that maybe Rick Tockett isn't the best option because I, I see that maybe this situation in Arizona was similar to that and he just couldn't get it done. I, I will also say the uh, the situation in Arizona with Rick Tockett, he never had the best personnel. Uh, there, there's a good reason why the team was blown up after uh, he and management agreed to part ways, I believe is how his word in the press conference or the press release. Um, so there was that, but there was times where I don't think he was necessarily connecting with the players in the right way, which is weird after everything we heard about him in Pittsburgh, like from the very beginning, it seemed like him and Oliver Ekman Larson, the the team's captain were never on the same page. Uh, There are definitely players who excelled under Tockett. Um, I think Connor Garland played phenomenally and developed phenomenally under Rick Tockett. And like I said, there was times where I thought he got the players to fully buy into his system, but there were just other times where I'm like, this team's not prepared. They, they weren't prepared to start games. They weren't prepared to start the seasons. Like the, the Coyotes had one of the worst starts in NHL history, going back to the Coyotes the first year under Rick Tockett and the New York Rangers with the flu season. Um, that's just, or whatever was going on with the Rangers at that time. I don't remember the details, but that just kind of showed there was always a disconnect with Taka and the personnel. Yeah. And that's where I think to me that the biggest part of the disconnect comes into play. It's like when you're 
an assistant coach or and you're either the good cop or the bad cop and you can play that dynamic off with a a head coach you can do that like you can be good in the room and you can be good with the guys but when you're the head coach and you have to be both that's where the problem comes into play that if he needs to be able to be a guy that can work with all different kinds of players and be prepared. I mean, the fact that you said that he wasn't prepared is very, very concerning to me because that lack of preparation is something that has been a big deal for the Flyers. I I will also say, since you mentioned assistant coaches and they can be just so important to the coaching dynamic, I always felt that John McClain was a very bad assistant coach for the coyotes like every like thing that he worked with was not good and the entire time people were like why is Tockett staying with him why is he keeping this assistant coach like i, I do think that Tockett has a lot of positive aspects as a coach uh i know that there's things that he does really good but there are just some areas where i, I don't think he is necessarily equipped to make the the tough call or or kind of connect with everyone or make sure that the thing goes right um and that that's a, my personal opinion like watching from the outside I've, I've never talked to the man i don't know how players feel but but that was always just the impression that i got so do you think that he is more focused on execution and x's and o's than high level motivation i i think that he is focused on both I do think that he is good at motivating and he's good at X's and O's. I just feel like he's not great at adapting his motivation for every single player, but I, I can never discount like his connection with Phil Kessel. And I do think that he has brought out the best in a player like Kessel. And that's not something that I want to discount in any way. Uh, I just feel like there was other players that he just couldn't reach um, and that he just couldn't connect to. And I feel like as a as a head coach, you kind of need to make sure that you're connecting with everyone. Yeah, the Phil Kessel point is a really good one that, you know, he has a reputation, deserve it or not. You know, I don't know him either. I can't speak to what he's like, but, you know, of being, you know, a difficult person to coach. And the fact that Rick Tockett could develop a relationship with him um, is is a good sign, I think. So. Yeah, lots of, lots of pros and cons to Rick Tockett, head NHL coach, it seems. Yeah, uh, like like everyone, Rick Tockett is a individual with strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and I felt like his weaknesses were just kind of very apparent with the Coyotes. Um, but I definitely saw a lot of his strengths. And, I mean, this is the NHL we're talking about. There's every chance in the world that he can wind up with, like, you know, better assistant coaches, better personnel, and be a much better head coach. And everything I said could sound ridiculous. Um, But I thought like he was just kind of in a situation where it more played to his weaknesses. Well, that is all really good intel. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see how all this plays out for the Flyers. But in the meantime, uh, Carl, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, happy to be on. Uh, Thanks. Uh, where can people find you out there? Uh, I am at Carl Pavlock FFH. You could also follow Five for Howling. It's at the word five, number four, word howling. Thank you so much.
Thanks once again to Carl Pavlock from Five for Howling and the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Uh, such great stuff, especially about Rick Tockett. It's uh, it's an interesting conversation that we will be continuing, I am sure. Uh, wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week. Gritty, not too busy this week. There was this shore night theme at one of the games, but there wasn't much that went out on social media about it. So the one thing that I do have to wrap up this week's shows with is Gritty's visit to Tinseltown. And there's some really good sparkly pictures out there with Gritty next to some holiday lights, and it looks really cute. So the one thing we do have is pretty good. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday to recap our two games against Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes. Plus, we'll have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.